Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the show. It's Straight Talk with Joe. Welcome to the show. It's Straight Talk with Joe. Welcome, 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 everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Straight Talk with Joe. Um, my name is Keith. I am here, um, and I am going to do this solo tonight. Um, please keep Mo. And, uh, Joe and Monique in your prayers, Joe and Mo in your prayers. Um, there is, uh, <clears throat> you know, uh, we're going through a lot of things right now. Um, I know there were a few um, tragedies that happened in our families, and uh, just keep us in prayer. Um, but we, we're going to, I'm going to do this show, um, which is called uh, Babes in Christ. This is a show that deals with, um, you know, us being babes in the Lord and what that looks like and what that may mean and how do we overcome it. Um, So I just want to start this show off with a quick prayer, and then we can get into it. Father God, in the mighty name of Jesus, we come before you right now, humbled and grateful to, to lift up our voice to you again, Lord. Please hide myself and just let your word just come through. Um, whether it's one person listening to this or no one uh, or whoever listens to it, let your Holy Spirit just speak to them, Lord God, and teach them. Uh, teach them your truth and your love and your grace and your mercy and your righteousness. In Jesus' mighty name, just just bless everyone. Uh, bless the ears right now. We pray. Amen. Uh, okay, so tonight... We're talking about babes in Christ. Do you know your heavenly father? Um, I want to start with reading Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11 to 16, to to set some groundwork of what we are going to be discussing. Um, So Ephesians 4, 11 starts off as, And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and the cunning craftiness whereby they live and wait to, uh, excuse me, they lie and wait to deceive. But speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth according to effectual working in the measure of every part, making increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. So basically, uh, this passage that I just read was in Ephesians, talking about how 
God has given apostles, prophets, evangelists, teachers, pastors. Um, he's, he's called some to do those works for the perfecting of the saints so we won't be as children anymore. And what we're going to be discussing is why are we still like babes in the Lord? It, it, you know, for starters, it seems as though a lot of churches can't get along with each other and, um, like, with, you know, thousands of denominations, um, all differentiating in doctrine um, and beliefs. But we all claim to believe in Christ, but it's, it's, why, why is it so split up? It, it's really interesting how teachers and pastors and prophets are supposed to unite the body in Christ. But we seem to have teachers, prophets, and pastors that, that may have divided the body of Christ uh, with all these denominations. And, you know, if we have different churches, that's fine, but why can't we all look at each other as brothers and sisters in the Lord? You know, Christ is the head. I mean, the teachers aren't the head at all. You know, the teachers are there to push us towards the faith. But it doesn't seem to be going that way, at least to what I see. And I would love to, if anyone had any thoughts on this, to give us a call at 516-387-1427. Call us right now, uh, 516-387-1427. It's just me tonight. uh, So, you know, I'm open to talk to anybody about these um, things, but I'll continue on. So, Here's my thoughts on why we seem to wrestle with each other. Um, I think about that verse uh, in Ephesians, we wrestle not against the flesh and blood, but the the principles and the principalities, or excuse me, the principalities and the, the, the powers in high places. And I think that when we're wrestling with other Christians about um, who knows nowadays, you know, it's, we're wrestling with the wrong people. We should be wrestling with, you know, the enemy, which was, which is Lucifer. He, that's the real problem. But we're wrestling against our brothers and sisters, um, quoting Bible verses in and out of context and trying to point who's right and who's wrong. It's so funny, um, a couple of days ago, I was talking to my, my cousin, we had a conversation, and we were, you know, got really kind of intense. It was a good conversation, really edifying, but after I hung up the phone, I was like, what are you talking about? Like, why are we arguing about these Bible verses? And it just, it kind of made me feel, it made me feel a little bit sad, because I was like, we could have been putting this energy towards something else. Like, we're both believers in Jesus Christ. Why why are we wrestling over our own interpretations of what these Bible passages mean? We could be doing more work for the kingdom. And um, that's just one of the examples I wanted to give of, about distractions, um, um, how we're wrestling with these things. And I put a uh, – there was a post that went up. I really believe when Christian – 
get too involved in that and debates like Christians formally debating other Christians on what this text means, that text means. I, I really believe the enemy is, is putting together another cult or another new religion or another movement to get more people away from the body of Christ to make Christianity looks like, look like a dead religion and have something new and innovative that pertains to the times of today. And, uh, when that happens, we have more and more people gravitate toward that. We have New Age movements. We have people doing all this crazy stuff to seem enlightened and have the new answer, the new way. And um, Christianity is out left in the dust somewhere. And I'm like, how come we can't stand together as a united front in love? It, it seems really, really interesting to me how um, we've gotten into, we've gone from wanting the Lord to save us to who's right and who's wrong, and it's just a big, big struggle. And um, I would love to hear from anyone tonight. Uh, Give us a call at 516-387-1427. I would love to hear from you. It's just me tonight. Uh, so I would love if anyone kept me some company. <laughs> so uh, <clears throat> another point I wanted to talk about was uh, the division in, like, church doctrine. We have one Bible, one Bible, one, 66 books, bunch of passages, a bunch of verses, one book comprised of different books. And we have all these denominations that disagree on every nook and cranny of what's in the Bible. It makes no sense. And why it, it, it's so weird how different minds come together and say, well, you got to follow this part and no, you have to cross-reference it with that part. And you have people that tell you how to read the Bible or how to study it and things like that. And that's fine, but why is it that you can drive, literally get in your car, drive down the street, drive by three different churches, and it seems like they each have their own set of rules and ordinances and pull it out from Scripture? And, you know, I remember when I was a kid, there was a church that we went to growing up, we we were we were the visiting church, and they didn't allow praise dancing, and it was so weird. Like, <laughs> okay, and it was like like forbidden, and I don't I don't know if they, I don't I'll see you on the remember, but I just that's just one of the examples of, you know, people using different things um, like praise dancing or we don't do here. Or, you know, uh, we dress this way, or you have to keep your hair cut that way, and, you know, you have to do this with your face. It, it's, it, where does it end? Where does it – who started this stuff? Like, what, why does – how do we go from believing on the gospel of Jesus Christ to now we have all these other rules that you have to follow? Who made these other rules up? These sound like doctrines of men to me, but that's just me personally. Um and it's and it's funny how we can let. It's funny how the gospel is supposed to bring us together, but the rest of the Bible divides us. 
I remember what I remember driving down the street and <clears throat> I saw this guy. He was dressed in a purple shirt. I believe he was a Hebrew Israelite. And I don't know if you ever knew know about these guys, but they are very sound in the Bible. They use the King James Bible. These are all black men. And I, for if if any Israel Israelite is li, Hebrew Israelite is listening to this, please call me up so uh, you can correct me if I'm wrong. But I, I do believe that they uh, believe that all black men are going to heaven and the white man is evil. Now I don't know where that passage is in the Bible, but they use the same King James that I read, and it's I'm like, how did you get that from that book? How? How do you how do you get this? How do you get different denominations from reading the same book? I would suggest to you guys tonight that it comes from one thing and one thing only. And um before I tell you, please give us a call at 516-387-1427. I believe that Man's theology really corrupts the true message of the Bible. Um, I'll put it to you this way. I, I bought this book recently called The Raven, and it's a book detailing the life of Jim Jones. If for some of you listeners out there, you might not know who Jim Jones is. He is he was uh, a man that was a – I guess he was a pastor at some point, but he was a leader of a cult called the People's Temple back in the 1970s, um, and it's known for them committing a mass murder-slash-suicide. Nine, over 900 people died in Jonestown, which is a community they built in, like, another country. Now, what made this interesting is that he, from what I read in the book, he grew up Christian, he walked around, he studied the word, he always, you know, was in the word as a kid. He didn't, he didn't do anything, he did good works, he did all these things. As he got older, his theology changed. He, it was almost like you have the word of God, which is our standard, you have Jesus, which is our model, then you have us, which is like our bodies, which is we're in this flesh, right? So I'm I'm thinking that the two are always conflicting, the spirit and the flesh. That's what the Bible says. Man's theology, the flesh could probably play a part with that. And at some point, maybe our what we want the Bible to say, or what we or we or how we think people should interpret these verses, how that should look like or how that should be we try to make ways to make it fit into the Bible. And that overrides the true message, which is the Bible itself and what the gospel is. And then, then that's where we go into error. That's, that's my own thing. And that's what happened with Jim Jones. He believed in uh, communism. And he, he believed the Bible, but he had his own set of things, too, that he wanted to accomplish. And as his ministry went on, you just see his own personal Theologies just trumped what the Bible said, and it ha- it was just so bad at some point where uh, there's a story where he flung the Bible in the church, and it you know <laughs> he said this book has no power, and he says this book has been 
put, uh, keeping black people down for the last 200 years. And, you know, it, it's, but it's really crazy how, how you can start off reading the Bible, believe the Bible, live the Bible, then you change. And then we have our own theology. Then we have our own lessons. Then we have our own interpretations. Then we write books on what we've, what we've come up with. And it seems like we want to get people and shepherd them to us when we're supposed to be pushing them to Christ. It's not, hey, come to me, join this cause, because, you know, Jim Jones, he, the cause, what he wanted to do, became more important than anything, even the gospel. And that's not correct. And you might, that's what may cause divisions among the brethren. That's why we might have all these denominations. We have these men that love God. They want to do good work. And then next thing you know, it's like, no, like they're, they're doing it wrong. They should be doing it this way. And then it's just like, okay, well, who are you to judge? And then it's just like, well, no, like I can, I'm telling you, I've studied this. I know it like the back of my hand. You guys are wrong. I'm right. And then we get into a right and wrong debate. And then, I guess whoever has the most members wins, um, unfortunately. And that's just, that's just what I see. Um, please give me a call tonight if you guys are listening in. If you want to chime in, I would love to hear from you. The number is 516-387-1427. Um, and we get into who's right and who's wrong. It's always about I'm right, you're wrong. Um, I've always, I've said the worst place for a babe in Christ to go is probably on YouTube and on Instagram to, to learn things. The reason why I say that is because it's so confusing. It's so confusing. It's confusing because you will see so many different beliefs about the same word of God because We've been in doctrine since we were little on what to believe. Our parents have probably taught us according to what the denomination was. And, that, I mean, that's normal. But then you just see it spouted out over and over and over and over again. Then you see some people preaching this and some people preaching that. You have all these Instagram preachers. And who to believe? I mean, they both make good points. What do I do? And we're just, we're just arguing Bible verses at this point. This verse says this, and you must do that. And it's like, what is going on here? Why, why is this so confusing? The enemy has done a great job confusing people because we've become babes. You know, the Bible says that, you know, uh, in Ephesians, what I read, you know, we should be no more children tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine. By the slight of men and the cunning craftiness, wherefore they lie and wait to deceive. People are out here waiting to deceive us, and they're not going to come. Uh, obviously, the, the, the enemy is very subtle. He can, he can deceive the wisest man. He can, do, he can do a lot of different things, and he knows the Bible. He knows the word. He knows how to twist scripture. He's been doing it since <laughs> the garden. So, I mean, we have to be very careful and learn how to discern. Um, another thing that I see is uh, 
We are the body of Christ. We are the body of Christ, which is the church. It's not a building. It's not your denomination. It's not your church is the real church and someone else is a false church. I remember talking to a a Jehovah's Witness member, and uh, he was trying to tell me, I said, how, I said, sir, if you can come to my, I said, I'll come to your church. I will gladly come and fellowship with you guys. I said, but I would just love if you came to my church too, and he would not come. And I said, well, why can't you come to my church? Well, because, you know, you don't teach the truth there. And I'm just like, well, I don't teach the truth. I, don't you read out of the Bible too? He said, yes. I said, me too. I said, you preach Christ, right? He said, yes. I said, me too. I mean, what's the difference here? And he kept trying to go to different verses and asking me about the kingdom. I said, well, that's fine. That's all biblical. So I, I get that. But why can't you just come in fellowship? How come you just can't come and we could just love on each other like brother? And he just couldn't do it. And th- he was stuck in a barrier. He couldn't cross the threshold because of what he's been taught, what he's been indoctrinated with. And I see that as a problem. When uh, people try to really reach out, we can't even set foot in anybody else's church. It, it, but the church is just a place, not the body. The body is your brother. If I'm, if I'm walking down the street and I see another Christian of course, the Lord knows if he's saved or not, but I have to take this man's word for it. You know, maybe I'll test him later. Maybe maybe the Lord will show me something about him. But he's my brother. I'm supposed to love on him. And, you know, if I have time, maybe we can fellowship. There's nothing more exciting than meeting another brother in the Lord. But if you have a denomination and it's, hey, I'm this denomination. What are you? Oh, you don't believe it? Okay. Tongues have ceased. Okay, you're not a real Christian. Or tongues still exist, or you're not a real Christian. Or you didn't get baptized at Baptism Rock Church, so you're not real. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Um, I I just, I, this has just been heavy on my heart for a while. Uh, I would love to, to see the body of Christ stronger. I would love to see people loving on one another. Um, and not heaping up leaders to teach them things. Um, because I think, like the Jim Jones example, once a leader has you, you've probably opened your mind to him. The Bible says there will be teachers, but the Bible also says you don't need anybody to teach you anything. The Holy Spirit is the the, the best teacher. And if someone is teaching you something contrary to the Word of God, Contrary to the Holy Spirit, contrary to what Jesus' character stood for, contrary to what God's nature is, you need to really question that because the enemy's good at it, and he's going to use the Bible to do it. This man, Jim Jones, had gotten people to believe in his church. This, this, is, this is Christian, a quote-unquote Christian church. He convinced people that he was God. How do you do that? He did it. Now, y'all might be thinking, oh, you know, these weak-minded people, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know if we can just dismiss it that way. Because, um, you know, we're all, we're all in this fleshly body. Nobody's like a supernatural human, um, and Christ has not returned yet, so we're not in our glorified body. So 
we're all susceptible. And I and and read about uh, read about King Solomon. He's the smartest man. Had God's wisdom in his body. Wrote Proverbs and still turned his back on God. How do you? So the man that enlightened with wisdom turned from God, worshipped idols, had a bunch of wives. I guess you have something that King Solomon doesn't. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. King David, look at him. He had the spirit of God in him and still was caught in deception, caught in doing all sorts of crazy stuff. It, all I'm telling you guys tonight is, you know, remember why Christ came. Remember his words. Remember his love. Remember his promises. Because that's what we should hold on to. And he, the, the new commandment he gave was to love one another as he has loved us. And his love is the perfect love. And we should m- mimic that and replicate that. Um, as Christians, we should not be afraid of being wrong on things. We could be wrong about what we think the Bible means in some passages. And um, consider it. I, and I'm speaking to myself as well. I've, I've, to be honest, you know, sometimes I think I'm right about a lot of stuff. And I could be wrong. I should have that same spirit of humility. But, you know, maybe I am wrong on this one. Maybe I am, you know. Uh, but we should show long suffering to one another. Um, there's a verse in here I wanted to share. Um, <clears throat> there's a few verses here I wanted to share because I think one way to kill all of this division and all of this false doctrine and deception is by remembering who our father is. And that is the living God. Um, when you are saved and you receive the Holy Spirit, uh, in Galatians four six says, "And ye, because you, and because you are sons, God has sent forth the Spirit of His Son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father." And there's another verse in here, and I love this one. It says Romans eight fifteen. It says, "For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear." But ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. When you are saved, you're born again, you have a heavenly Father that will give you the things that you need. He is your shepherd. He is your comforter. He is your everything. You do not need a man to lead you down the wrong path. You do not need a man to do anything for you. You need the Lord, and he is your father. Um, you know, I think about my dad, and, you know, my dad wasn't perfect, but he was a great man. He took care of us. He loved us. He taught us. And uh, some of the most emotional times of my life was I was in his arms. And with him, it was almost like my dad could come around and you knew everything was going to be all right because he was there. Like, that's the type of feeling I got with my dad. You know, he didn't even have to say anything. It was just like, oh, man, it's, it's fine now. He's here. And that's how it should be with, with our Heavenly Father. He's always here. So it's always going to be fine. We shouldn't be worrying about these things. We shouldn't be arguing over a Bible verse. We should be basking and giving glory to God that his son has come and died for us. And now that he's, he's here, we've accepted that gift. 
and we should be loving on one another, uh, you know, correcting one another if we see another in fall, out of love. But if we could just strip, if we could strip away all these barriers of ordinances that man has created and all this will worship and all this crazy stuff, we can get to back to that bond of brotherhood and just leave it there and wait and, and, and give glory to God as, and wait for the return of Christ. Um, <clears throat> please um, weigh in if you have something to say. Uh, the number is 516-387-1427. Uh, it's just me tonight. And I think we have a call from the 267. All right, let me put Patch him in. Hello? You're on a yo, you're in a line yo, with uh, street well just keep tonight. Oh, what's going on, man? <laughs> what's going on, bro? Uh, what's going on, bro? Yo, man, this uh nah man, I I, I completely agree. I guess going back to when you first started off about um pretty much the church being divided amongst, you know, ourselves or whatever the case may be. Um mm-hmm. I, I find it that it's more often pride than anything. Um, I guess you can relate it even back to the beginning, um, where you know, you know, they when they wanted to eat the fruit of the tree. I mean, some people have interpreted it as the fact that they wanted the glory for themselves. They wanted to be like God, and mm-hmm. I think a lot of times we get so prideful in our own intellect and our own understanding of Scripture to the point that. Um, we feel as if we got quote unquote the answer, and the truth of the matter is, right. I mean, Paul speaks against us. You know, Paul speaks against us. He says, you know, you know, you can't say I'm of Paul or I'm of Apollos. You know, what I mean, we're all one body. You know, we all follow um, Christ. I mean, there is a time and place for everything where we have to stand up and um, speak sound doctrine and talk about uh, the gospel. Of Jesus Christ, which was commanded in Matthew's the twenty eighth chapter, but the overall Amen. thing is, it should not it should not separate us as a body. You know, how can a body move if it has no legs? Or, you know, it's just like he speaks about this um, often in the New Testament, referring to us being one body. And even Christ in John the seventeenth chapter, when he prays, um, he prays, you know. Um, to the father, the you know, the head part, or you would say one part of the you know triune God. Then he prays for the disciples, and then he prays. He goes on pray for the world. But when he prays for his disciples, he prayed that they be one, just as he is one with God, as being Amen. you know the triune God. And it's like if he's praying this, you know, what I mean that it should be our obligation to continue to operate in it because it's recorded, it's canonized. In our Bible, so we know that this is the Word of God, and this is a wish of Christ that He made it known um, that we would be one. You know, and oftentimes when we say, "Oh, you know, I'm Baptist, or I'm Pentecostal, or I'm Holiness, or I'm this, or I'm that," and the truth of the matter is, we don't realize by saying we are something other than I'm a believer of, you know, I'm I'm a child of God. We segregate ourselves from one another, and so right. the truth of the matter is, you know, what I mean, like, <clears throat> you know, doctrine shouldn't separate. It's one little um, 
or a couple of thoughts that may be a little bit different as far as how we interpret. I mean, it's no different. You have some people to this day, uh, modern-day Christians, there's some modern-day Christians don't believe miracles take place. There's other modern-day um, Christians that have, you know, that believe that miracles do take place to this day. Some people have experiences, some people haven't. But the truth of the matter, that doesn't stop us from being brothers and sisters and being a part of one body and being the fact that Jesus died for all of us. So there should be no separation between the body. So I'm in total agreement. And then in referring to the topic of babes in Christ, we have to understand that, you know, if we're being separate, if us as leaders, if we're separating ourselves from one another, then those who are new believers are also coming in with the mindset to separate themselves from uh, even other believers. And the truth of the matter is, you know, we're supposed to be training and teaching everyone else to be more like Christ. And Christ didn't even, he, right. he was separate, but he even dwelt among those who, was, who wasn't quote-unquote holy. You know, he dwelt among, you know, you know the uncouth, you know what I mean? He hung around mm-hmm. the, the, you know, civil, you know, he, he hung around the town. He, people followed him, you know, he didn't shun anybody away. Um, and he even spoke with the Pharisees, even though as many times they tried to test him and, you know, and come at him and, you know, try to find some type of error um, within the things that he would say, uh, which they, you know, got themselves all called up. But at the end of the day, right. you know, it's like, for the babes in Christ, we have to be on one accord and get it together and not allow these small details with which other people may consider big, but it's it's small in comparison to the um us being one and just focusing on the gospel. That's and that's the thing everyone can agree on is the gospel. That's everything I mean to for you to be to declare yourself Christian, you know what I'm saying? Um you have to follow Matthew 28, you know what I mean? Talking about the Great Commission, mm-hmm. that's to every believer. And it's like whether we mm-hmm. agree in the interpretation of Revelation, um, whether we agree on many other things, predestination, free will, all those different doctrines and thoughts, Calvinism, whatever, you know, at the end of the day, you know what I mean, the one thing we should be agreeing on is um, it's the gospel. And as long Amen. as we all believe and accept and, you know, confess and know that he died for our sins, rose well power three days later, you know, and that, you know, he did this for all of us, you know, that we may have life and given us this chance and, you know, forgiveness of our sins. You know, as long as we all believe in the redemption, then everything else could just be a, a, a normal conversation in comparison to an argument or something or so big of a disagreement that it causes us to be separate. So I, I think it's pride, and I also think, I mean, you'll find it. And this is one thing I was, it was crazy. I'm sorry if I'm rambling, but let me say this one thing. And I, and I no, man, like please going, keep but, going. <laughs> um, I was, I'm studying the book Isaiah. I told you, and mm-hmm. it was sorry if I'm pronouncing his name wrong for the Bible scholars, but um, King, I believe this is Isaiah the sixth chapter. And it says, in the, in the year King Uzziah, U-Z-Z-I-A-H, um, he died or whatever. Now, when you study up this mm-hmm. king, um, Uzziah, um, how I'm pronouncing for tonight, but when you study him up, 
he was considered a great king of Judah. Now, this is after the children of Israel has already been within the promised land, has been free 700 years later during the time. This is during the time of Isaiah. So some of the other minor prophets and everybody has already went on, and then I, this is Isaiah's time to, to come out. And in the sixth chapter is when he was called um, to be a prophet, but this is the time when this this great king Uzziah has died or whatever. But when you study up on him in Second Chronicles, um, <clears throat> you'll see that he was a great king. His father, I mean, I think he started to become king at the age of like 16 years old when he when he was crowned king over Judah. And the crazy thing about him is that he was so much of a good king that everyone loved him. Everyone began to have faith in him. Now, he's just a man, but everyone began to have faith in him. And um, his fame began to spread all over to the point it hit it uh, it really went so far out it started to touch even the borders of Egypt. So everyone began to know who this king was and how good and great he was. He was just, he, he won military victories. You know, it was this he was a great king. He was considered a great king. But it says as you read down, um, when you read more about him, it says that he in a sense he became prideful and he started being mm. more happy about himself. Now, the Bible also states that God blessed him, and so he prospered. So when, in a sense, when he was doing it God's way, when, you know, God was on his side, when God was in his corner, he prospered, and then he became this great, magnificent king. But then he got so happy within himself that he went to the temple, and when he went to the temple, he liked some in, some incense. Now, everyone... For, um, for us who don't know, but everyone should know that um, God made strict rules when he came down to his temple that the king wasn't allowed to light the incense because that was the job of the priest. And until the mm-hmm. Messiah, there, you know, no king could act as a priest and no priest could act as a king um, nor prophet because only the Messiah would be all three, king, prophet, and priest. And so... By him going on and lighting the incense, he was thus taking on a role that did not belong to him because he got happy about it himself. He got overzealous <clears throat> about himself. He got so prideful about himself that to the point he pretty much forsake God's rule, forsake his words, mm. and began to act as a priest, and they told him not to do it. And so what God did, he struck him with leprosy because, again, that for for us to have both king and priest, it was only um, that that only that title really only belonged to the Messiah, which we know as Jesus Christ. And so, oftentimes, even within our own churches, we have people that is so prideful and happy about themselves that they put themselves mm. or try to put themselves in the role or position that wasn't meant for them where they feel like everything that they get or everything that they say is is right, no different from Jim Jones. You know what I mean? And so he, mm-hmm. so everyone put their faith, everybody put their faith in Jim Jones until the point even of their death. And it was crazy because this point in Isaiah, the sixth chapter, you'll see that <laughs> Isaiah, um, it, you know, he – God called him to be a prophet or whatever, and God showed him a vision of heaven and the throne and different things of that nature. But what was crazy was when this great king had died, of course people were upset. But what God was showing him, he was showing 
he showed um, Isaiah a vision of him sitting on his throne. And so when King Uzziah, who was disobedient at one point, had um, had died, God showed him a vision of himself, even though he covered his face with angels of six wings and different things like that. It's a great illustration um, and vision that God showed him and called him. But the point I'm making is that oftentimes we put ourselves in situations or positions when we get so prideful that, you know, we wind up doing more damage than good. And so mm. when King Uzziah did it, he was separated from his kingdom, and he lived the rest of his day as a leper with leprosy on his forehead. Wow. And, yeah, so he kind of separate, you know, and then his son had to take play, you know, take control. And oftentimes when we try to say we're the ones and we try to take on and light the incense in a sense uh, when we're not supposed to or take on something that we're not supposed to, and we can cause separation within the body. And we, you know, we may cause something to die. I'm not saying you may die, but I'm saying we may cause something to die um, <clears throat> in the worst way, a horrible way, when really it should have went on and had life and it should have been more effective and it should have been better. If he had continued to be obedient, he would have prospered even more as a king. But he even, he killed that potential by putting himself above um and or try to put himself in the position because he felt or he got too prideful or try to take the glory for himself when that only belonged to the Messiah. And a lot of times we try to take the glory for ourselves. The word is the word of God. It's not our word. So we try to take the glory and say, oh, this is how the word of God should be. And then we try to take that glory for ourselves and we wind up doing more damage than we do good. So Amen. that's my take. Man, that that was amazing, man. Uh, that pride is a killer. That the pride yeah, is a killer, and it's so funny when you you said that. I, I'm definitely have to check that chapter out because it seems to mirror the uh, illustration of uh, you know King David. But it's 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 really interesting how God can bless you, and still you're like. I'm still want to do things on my own. You know, it's it's like we uh-huh. have to, that that's I believe that's a part of the flesh. And I you know, I'll go on the record and say I think a lot of people struggle with that. You know, if God has blessed uh-huh. you with the gift of prophecy, you know, it's it think about that gift. It's like, you know, I can speak for the Lord. He'll give me something, it'll uh-huh. come to pass. That that is is that's something you have to carry in your body. And be mindful that you don't get too carried away with it because the Lord has blessed you with that mm-hmm. gift. Because it's kind of a cool mm-hmm. gift. So it's like, right. you know, I have to die to myself and like, you know what? No. You know, Jesus could have did a lot of things with his, with his, you know, works and power, but, you know, he stayed the course. He, he gave mm-hmm. his life for us. You know, he could have built some hospitals and say, you know, just healed people and, you know, bless the tree. And if they touched touch, touch the tree, they all could have been healed. Like, it could have been anything. And um, that, that's, right. that's really uh, interesting, man. And that's really good pride, which leads to, it could lead to people changing their theology. And next thing you know, that pride is just probably build envy in you. Like, hey, such and such is teaching the wrong thing. Let me attack him. And get people off his doctrine and into my doctrine. And it's right. not about whose doctrine. It's about Christ's doctrine. And, um, right. you know, that's why I love that verse I read earlier, man. It's not about the teachers. It's not about the prophets. It's about them pushing people 
toward Christ and being unified so we don't have any mature babes being tossed all over social media about, you know, what Bible verses right. You know, I, I really feel right. like people that they just got saved yesterday because it's just like, <laughs> man, what is going on? But, uh, yo, thank yeah, you for the call, man. I really appreciate it. I mean, feel free to add some more stuff in. No, no, no. I was just, I was just um, agreeing everything what you're saying. Another thing is that we forget that, um, whether it's prophecy or anything like that, you know, First uh, uh, Corinthians, the 13th chapter, talks about love, and it makes it very clear. Um, and it says, you, you know, you may have all the knowledge of the world, you may prophesy. You know, it, it pretty much when you read that first, you know, First Corinthians, the 13th chapter. It talks about the gifts within the first thing, and it, and it pretty much says if you can do all these different things, but if you don't know love, then it means nothing. And Christ even further on, he when he was you know um, going back into the Gospels, he even says that the world may know, you know, that you're my disciples by the love we show to one another, and as well as the first two great commandments, loving God with everything, and then loving our neighbors yourself. And all everything is, you know, summed up within those two laws. And it's like, are we really showing love to one another? And right. you know, and if we're not showing that love to one another, then of course the world would get um a different perception. So you you know, you have the world that talks about the hypocrite you know, hypocritical church and different things like that, and it's because we're lacking the key the number one rules and the truth of the matter is, you know, if you love God, you will obey his commandments. If you love God, you'll be obedient to him. You'll, you'll follow him. You'll spend time with him. You know, you'll compromise, you'll trust him. You you know, you'll believe you have this faith that he'll, you know, that of who he is. And if you love thy neighbors, you love thyself. I mean, if you love God with everything that you are, then it's only natural that he teach you to love yourself the way that you um, you know, supposed to be loved, and then loving your neighbor with that same godly, unconditional love—that's what compels people. It's not um, doctrine. Doctrine is good; it's it has its place. You know what I mean? But it's love. It's the act of love, which is salvation, that draws people. And then we tend to forget that, when no matter what position or what gift He has placed inside of us, it's only meant to edify the body. And it's for servitude. It's to serve somebody else. It's to help somebody else. It's not to help yourself right. so that you can have followers or you know me on Instagram and and Twitter and you know Facebook. It's not about that. And you know me, it was never about that. And you know, like you said, if Christ wanted to, Christ could have, you know, snapped his finger and you know, a horde of angels could have came down. He could have, you know, me. I mean, I mean, the Holy Spirit was so strong in Peter when he walked; his shadow touched the sick and they was healed. He could have just said, you know, everyone's healed and it would have been that way. But that wasn't his, you know, that wasn't um, his purpose, you know, for that. He did something greater, you know what I mean? That was, you know, our, you know, to, to redeem us, you know, um, before the Father. So Amen. at the end of the day, it's like that's what it's all about. All this extra bickering and all that, if, it's, if, it, if the person is not going against the the gospel of Jesus Christ. If the person's not going against the gospel of Jesus Christ, then he's your brother. And if y'all have differences, whether it's the uh, the rapture, pre or post tribulation, <laughs> or whatever else, you know that does not matter. 
what matters the most is um, making sure we show love and spread the gospel of Jesus Christ so that babes would know and build their foundation on that and then build from there and learn all the other things that we discuss and agree and disagree with. So that's Amen. what it's all about. No, man, that, that's that's wonderful, man. That, that's so real. Um, learning people, um, starting from the foundation, which is Jesus Christ, and growing and right. learning from there. It's, you know, right. you don't have to teach someone right off the bat because they believe a little piece of verse different than you do. Like, oh, I got to correct this brother. Like, I mean, take your time to learn them as a brother first. Build that real bond right. of brotherhood. Then we can discuss some scripture. That's that's awesome, man. And you said something which is key, which is you know my the, the, you know the last point I wanted to bring up, which is which is love. Um, you know we've heard the the verse over and over and over again, but it says love. Uh, the King James it says charity suffereth long and is kind, and charity envieth not. Charity vaunteth not itself and is not puffed up. And whenever I read that, I think about the long suffering of God. And, uh-huh. you know, he, he waited to destroy the world for Noah's sake. And I don't even know how long it took him to build the ark, but he waited. He could have just said, you take it too long. I'm, I'm doing it without you. But he waited. He was patient. God is patient with us. He's been right. patient with us. When we were in our sin, he was patient with us. And... It, it it speaks volumes because patience is very, very important. But it seems like we lack patience for our brothers and sisters, even if they're struggling uh-huh. or not getting it right or doing something. You know, we could have a lot of denominations if we were patient with, with one another. and we, we can learn to say, oh, you know, they go to that church, that's that denomination. They're still our brothers. You know, bring them over. We can still fellowship together. But we don't have the patience. We, we, we're lacking in patience, so it's like, oh, don't go to that church. He's a false teacher, and da 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 da. Because according to YouTube, everybody's a false teacher. So it's <laughs> like we we need to have patience with one another. What if someone really right. gathered, uh, read the book, uh, read the Bible, studied it, and came up with that stuff and say, you know, this is what I believe the Lord is showing me. That doesn't, you know, if they're if they're in error. Correct your brother with patience, love, and meekness. They're not, they're not a false uh-huh. teacher automatically if they believe differently than you. Maybe they did come up with something. Maybe the Lord showed them something. We don't know. But if we're just calling them a heretic right off the bat and a false teacher, you don't even know your brother who believes in the Christ, uh, believes in the gospel of Jesus Christ, then we, it's more division. So I, I, I really think we should uh, definitely love what you said, Josh, man. It, it's really important to show love, let the love just reside in our hearts, let the peace reside in our hearts, because I look at it this way. If we're all believers in Christ, we're going to heaven. Uh-huh. Christ has died for our sins. We are excited to be with our Heavenly Father in heaven. Like, right. but we, I think the flesh gets a lot of, uh, gets really antsy waiting, and we uh-huh. tend to make busy with something, kind of like the illustration you uh, shared earlier about the king is like, you know, just chill. You know, tell, share the word, go out and do ministry work. But 
you don't have to get antsy to the point where you feel like you have to change the world. Christ has already changed the world. <laughs> right. And, uh, you know, is is be patient and wait on the Lord, you know. But I'm, I'm, I'm about to wrap it up, man. Uh, did you have any last comments you wanted to share? Nah, man, nah. I mean, just, you know, just everything was, I guess everything was already said. Just love one another and, uh, you know, just... I just encourage everybody just to continue to to have faith and have faith in God and believe and know that he can do it and that um as long as you're you know preaching this gospel and moving forward and taking time to teach and and prayer you know stay in constant prayer and fasting and and actually like you said have patience with somebody else because we also have to remember that the word of God in God himself, we can't put him in a box. I mean, it's no different from when you go to a different church. Um, you can go to Africa, and they'll do, you know, they'll do maybe a traditional dance, but they'll use it as a way to worship in God in comparison, in comparison to going to a multicultural church who may just lift their hands to praise them. Going to an African-American church, you may have people shouting and doing a different type of dance. But understand right. that as long as it doesn't go against the, the key doctrine principles of the word of God and the gospel, you know, we're brothers and sisters, all the other things we can just, you know, talk about and work on. But if we get on one accord, you know, everything will fall into place. Amen. Thank you, brother, for calling in. Um, You know, please call us back again, man. Uh, That is our brother in the Lord. Wisdom, words of wisdom, it's always a pleasure. Um, I I just really want to... um, take time to uh, close on a few closing remarks. Uh, What Josh said was really good. Uh, Walk in love. Have long-suffering for our brothers and sisters. There's no more Jew Jew or Greek or Gentile. We're all one in Christ. We should be celebrating the fact that someone has found the Lord, Uh, not ripping them down because they believe Genesis 1-1 differently. It, it It's really, uh, if we let love reign and love our brothers and our sisters, suffer long for them, we might see a change. And also, you know, Christ said himself, you know, there's no greater love than no man to this, that one laid down his life for a friend. We really love our brothers. We should be willing to lay down our life for them. Uh, doesn't matter which denomination you go to. Doesn't matter which church. Doesn't matter which ministry. If they believe the gospel, they're your brother. And uh, that, that's it. That's I mean that's the requirement in the Bible. You can't uh, fruit, uh, inspect their fruit and look at their life and and, and then make a judgment call. You can't do that. We're, you're not God, and uh, you're called to love. And um, that's a that's a very really important thing, and let the love of Christ reign over your heart. And uh, one thing Josh brought up, which is really good, in the book of First uh, John, and even I believe in the book of John, uh, loving God is like almost equated to loving your brother. It's almost like you can't say you love God and not love your brother because you're lying. You can't do it. You know, it has, it has something. It's loving God is about loving someone else 
as Christ has loved you. And let that just sink in that Christ has loved you. And we only love him because he's loved us. And that to me is just I I don't know what greater love than is, is what what is the what is a greater love than that? You know, while we were dead in sin, he loved us. So I want to just leave you guys at that. Um, we have to grow up and be mature. Stop being babes. I'm not even talking about babes as far as knowledge. We'll be talking about that next week. But I'm talking about babes as such uh, in regards of bickering and divisions and splitting up and doing this and doing we're supposed to be one. Um, Christ, I'll end it with this. Christ said, uh, let me just uh, get the verse here. He said, John 13, 35, he says, uh, by this shall all men know ye are my, you are, ye are my disciples. If, you love one to another. Um, so I just want to leave you guys. Thank you for joining us. God bless you. Uh, please check out. Um, if you have any questions, hit us up on our email at straighttalkjoe uh, at gmail.com. And you can listen to all the Straight Talk with Joe episodes on www.talktojoe.com. There's no E in the name Joe. Um Check us out on Twitter at Straight Talk, Straight, S-T-R-8 Talk Joe, and on Instagram at Straight Talk Joe. I know that's a lot, but if you go to our Facebook page, you'll find everything there, um, all our episodes. Please contact us, get, in, get join the conversation. This is, this is what the show is all about. We're not teachers. We're not philosophers. We are just regular, average Joes. They just like talking about Christ. Um, God bless you guys. Love you guys, and uh, have a good night. Get your hands up, yeah. Welcome to the show. It's straight talk with Joe. Welcome to the show.